Welcome to The Art of Leadership. I'm your host, Nina Ellison, and my focus today is learning more about the skill of identifying choices that carry the most significant weight. In other words, the choices that matter the most out of the 35,000 or so conscious choices that you and I each make daily. And, and by the way, I want to let you know, I'm excited to share that I've completed book one of the Emerging Leadership Chronicles. It's called Strengthen Your Leadership, The Power of Eight Choices, and it'll be available on Amazon by the end of January. And now back to the podcast, The Art of Leadership, that focuses on skills that are difficult to measure, yet are critical for the success of every system or process you've ever been a part of. For years, they have been known as soft skills implying that they're optional. Today, many years after the 1970s, when soft skills first became a thing, the name of these skills still varies. Real skills, people skills, interpersonal skills, social skills, and I could go on. Whatever you choose to call these skills, I believe they bring the point of being human to the forefront. As a leader, I have seen that gaining skills that bring Focus on the choices that matter will unveil a new dimension of strength in your leadership. This is not merely about whether or not you're making good choices. It's about gaining the skill to ensure that you are focused on the highest priority choices that drive success and make a lasting impact. Join me today as as we embark on this journey of leadership wisdom, where our ultimate goal is to select the best choices for the most meaningful outcomes in today's dynamic leadership landscape. Decision-making is an inherent responsibility of every leader, but a mark of a great leader lies in their ability to discern which choices hold the most profound impact. When considering the skill needed for this kind of discernment, I believe you will need to lean into the following six qualities as you learn how to select the choices that matter the most. Think critically. Acknowledge diverse viewpoints. Bring emotional strength. Adapt based on evolving circumstances. Pursue courage and align priorities. So first, critical thinkers select choices that matter most. Have you wondered if you're a critical thinker? This concept of being a critical thinker can be unclear with some mystery around it. I aim to demystify and simplify critical thinking by introducing a basic framework from various research-backed critical thinking models. This framework, known as the Critical Thinking Roadmap, consists of four phases that guide us in recognizing our growth as critical thinkers. And it's important to note from the outset that critical thinking is not a solo act. So let's look at the phases. Phase one is called Execute. This is a fundamental phase where you do what you're asked to do. You successfully execute what is requested using verbal reasoning, problem solving, and decision making. If you consider information logically and rationally, you have navigated the first phase of being a critical thinker. And during this phase, the execution phase, if you want to share ways to improve what you've been asked to do, you're ready for phase two in developing as a critical thinker. Phase two is the synthesize phase. Like like any other leadership skill, learning how to combine information from a wide range of ideas into one unit comes with practice and with presence. 
Presence. That's not as in a gift, but presence is being fully on board, fully there. (laughs) One way to know that you're moving through this critical thinking phase comes when you notice the questions you ask and you identify key takeaways or key next steps that are needed. If you consistently ask questions that reveal the meaning behind decisions, rather than questions that support the obvious and perhaps easiest choices, you have moved into this second phase of being a critical thinker. And when you start getting called on to provide summaries or highlights of complex projects or initiatives, you are ready to move from synthesizing to recommending, which is phase three. Phase three is a phase in which critical thinking moves you from identification to action. You identify questions on the topic under review, and then you're ready to make solid recommendations grounded in the wisdom and insights that you're gaining as a leader. You see your questions being received as insightful rather than imposing. Once it is evident that your judgments are sound, you are ready to move on to phase four. Phase four is called generate. Generate. And in this phase, you will find that following open-ended brainstorming with others, the conversation and the decision-making have gone beyond your expectations. And in this, in this level of critical thinking, you can discern where the focus should lie for the choices that matter the most. In this final phase of critical thinking development, you see that you are being welcomed as a collaborative thought partner. When I think about the word generate, I recall living with my husband and kids in a city where consistent electricity was not a reality. But we were fortunate enough to have a generator. (laughs) It was a large generator, and the electricians had connected it to the house so that when the power went out, all that was needed was for the generator to be started, and electricity would then be available for use. The first evening when the power went out and my husband was not at home, I thought, I know what I'm doing. I can do this by myself. I had gone through the process of what switches to turn either off or on, and all I had left was the last step, to pull the cord and get the motor started. This was the part I wasn't as confident in. I had never done this part before, but I went on ahead, and with all my strength, I pulled that cord. Yes, I pulled it right out of the generator. (laughs) Can you imagine me standing in the dark, holding onto a pull cord that was not attached to anything, and realizing that for all the preparation and planning, we were still going to be in the dark for the rest of the night. Even though I was set to generate, I needed someone else in that final stage to help me get through the process. So the second quality that you'll want to learn as you lean into how to select the choices that matter most is a willingness to acknowledge diverse viewpoints. I've talked about critical thinking. Now I want to talk about acknowledging diverse viewpoints. Understanding diverse viewpoints, also known as empathy, has been defined by some as putting yourself in another's shoes. Years ago, I was taught a different viewpoint from a wise older man from the Maasai tribe. As he said, you can come and live with me. You can eat the same food I eat. You can speak my language. Your children can come to grow to love my children. But you will never fully understand what it means to be Maasai. Acknowledging diverse viewpoints means that you openly recognize and seek to learn from a diversity of thought, fully aware that you will never completely understand where others are coming from. 
Phrases like, I know exactly what you mean, are stumbling blocks and infer that you can adopt another person's perspective to identify and understand their emotions. Identifying and articulating diverse viewpoints will allow you to move forward in asking the questions that will uncover common ground. Say, uh, are you facing tension of working with diverse and maybe opposing viewpoints where highest priority choices matter the most and need to be decided upon? Let me encourage you to invite those with diverse views to join a virtual or an in-person discussion table. Before the meeting, set the stage that your role will be that of a facilitator who creates a safe space for dialogue and the opportunity for each person who desires a voice. Confirm the choices that are under review and any, any established outcomes or goal. Send in two to three questions as the agenda beforehand so that everybody can think, prepare, and bring their best selves to the meeting. Let everyone know that the responses will be two minutes long to allow time for everyone to respond. Now, following a meeting like the one I just described that you were setting up for, there's no guarantee that a final high priority choice will be on the table and agreed upon. The guarantee is, is that you will be closer to the answer you seek as you listen without judging. And as needed, move into a second or even a third experience, courageously sharing what was learned at the first and then setting up a new set of questions and then the second, and then setting up a new set of questions. Discerning what choices you should put your time and energy into is enriched by embracing diversity of thought. And I promise you that this process will use your critical thinking skills and also will allow your emotional strength to be exercised. And emotional strength is the next leadership quality I believe you have to lean into if you're going to learn how to make the choice of what matters most. Perhaps when I say the phrase emotional strength, your mind goes to emotional intelligence and the amazing work of Daniel Goleman. Or maybe you thought about the emotional quotient, EQ. I know when I first heard the phrase emotional strength, I did think about EQ and that balance that is known for finding what we need as leaders in, in balancing our IQ, our intellect, plus our EQ, our emotions, plus PQ, our physical quotient, plus SQ, our spiritual quotient. But emotional strength is different than intelligence or balance. I continue to learn that emotional strength is about a consistent, steady approach over time, like the impact on our muscles when we continue to work out and build strength. You and I have both seen that choosing what matters most can result in elevated emotions across an entire team. Emotional strength is not about managing emotions in that one moment, but rather gaining the ability to come back stronger from those challenging times and to keep gaining strength as the days go by and the challenges fly. I think many of us underestimate the role emotions play in our motivation. When our emotions are on full alert, whether we're angry and frustrated or even happy and excited, we make choices sometimes that are not well thought out. If we're going to learn how to discern the choices that matter, then the emotional overlay that tends to confound situations must be diffused. Leaders with emotional strength have faced challenges and through adversity and failures have gained the upper hand in their emotions. Emotional strength is seen when a leader can experience intense upheaval 
and recover rather than react. Emotional strength reminds me of the baobab tree, also known as the upside down tree, because the branches of the tree mirror its roots. If you're involved in any process essential for discerning which choices must be selected so that what matters remains at the front, you are probably living in the reality that the emotions of those involved are on high alert. Pause. (laughs) Consider the baobab. Choose to be a leader who embraces emotional strength by letting your roots allow you to remain vulnerable and responsive to others. Use the knowledge and the experiences deep within you to ground and mature your own internal coping mechanisms. Let your emotional strength as you reach up and out, just like a branch, bring alignment to decisions that will have the most significant impact. If you've experienced this kind of emotional strength, you know the internal growth that has happened. You sense that you're more adaptable to change. As you gain emotional strength, you recognize that you move into a ready stance more quickly, focusing on the actions needed for solutions rather than focusing on the problem. Over time, others will recognize the evidence of this strength in you. So today we've discussed three qualities of the six that you'll want to lean into to discern pivotal choices that matter the most to you, to your team, to your organization. And I want to close by saying I'm so excited that from January 21st to February 21st, I have an exclusive promotion offered to those who reach out to me and share their interest. What I'm offering to celebrate at this beginning of 2024 is a unique one-time only three-part experience for those who want to dive into a personal growth opportunity. This offer is a 50% discount on a comprehensive package that includes a personalized DISC behavioral self-evaluation, online self-paced training on understanding the four primary behavioral styles, and a personal one-on-one coaching session with me. I'm a certified DISC consultant. I would look forward to reviewing with you your personal results and walking through what they mean to you. If you're eager to learn more about this, drop a line to nina at ninaellison.com. You can just put DISC, D-I-S-C, in the subject line. And that will let me know that you want more details about this fantastic opportunity. I look forward to connecting with you. And until then, as always, thanks for listening to The Art of Leadership. Let's make 2024 a year where we continue to strengthen our leadership skills and become even better leaders.